Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then that house becomes a home. So today, we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. Good morning, King's House. How's everybody doing today? Anybody excited to be in church this morning? Yeah. So good to see all of you this morning, man. Been a rough couple weeks. So many people sick and bad weather, but it, we're, we're getting past it, and it's just it's wonderful to see everybody this morning. I know you're probably so tired of, of us announcing the marriage conference, but it is this coming Saturday, guys, and I am so excited about it. Let me just get one thing clear. Uh, you coming to the marriage conference is not you saying like, man, my marriage is in the ditch, Pastor Mark, I need help. Like, that's not at all what, that's not at all what it is. It, it, it's just you saying like, hey, I, I want to keep my marriage healthy and, and on the right track. So uh, we've had some, uh, uh, God, I just went blank. Uh, <laughs> donations that are uh, sponsorships, some, something, it's one of these words scholarships there it is see i didn't get any of those in college so that's not a word that i'm really familiar with but hey if you put my number up on the screen and, and everyone that's watching at home uh we we had some uh, uh scholarship money come in so all you got to do this morning is just text that number right there and the first three or four people that text that number you guys get a completely free trip to the marriage conference guys it's gonna be so much fun uh i know the video depicts people on stage and doing wild and crazy things also don't get that thought in your mind like no one's gonna praise you on stage no one's gonna embarrass you it's just gonna be a really great day and uh gonna work on our marriages because if those marriages aren't healthy then those families aren't healthy and if those families aren't healthy then this church isn't healthy and if this church isn't healthy then we just can't do what god's called us to do so it's important stuff right guys yeah hey so i i know everybody uh got some darts on the on the way in this morning and by the end of the service we're gonna make sense of all that but we're starting a brand new series today called what if we're gonna be on this series for the next three sundays what if and the title of the message this morning is each one reach one and we talked about this during vision sunday uh several months ago but we're officially launching this each one reach one campaign today and i want to start this morning in mark chapter 16 verse 15. it's a very common verse uh, a verse that has helped shape the direction of my life in so many ways but jesus had been on earth uh doing ministry for three years and he had traveled all around and he had preached the good news and he had healed the sick and cast out demons and raised the dead and and then he was crucified and you guys know what happened three years uh, three days later that he rose from the dead aren't you glad this morning that jesus is alive king's house it's what separates christianity from every other religion on planet earth our god is alive this morning so he travels around for 40 days he appears to a few people here and there after his resurrection and he gathers his followers and uh, this is his last message i mean after all that he had done those three years this is it i think we can all agree that jesus's last words before he leaves this earth it is important guys it is something that we need to take to heart i mean this is the climax this is what it's all built up to and these are the words that he gives to his disciples and to us today he said as you go into all the worlds 
Preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. I have a lot of conversations throughout the weeks, and one of the common themes that I hear from, from all sorts of people in all walks of life is this common theme. Pastor Mark, I just really don't know what God's called me to do. I just really don't know what his plan for my life is. I just really don't know where I fit in the body of Christ. And man, I want to do something and I know he's got a plan for I just don't have a clue what that is. Friend, I can help you this morning because I know what that plan is. I don't know the fullest extent of that plan, and I don't know all the details of that plan, and I don't know where that plan may lead and what doors he might have. I don't know all that, but I do know one of the most important things he's calling each and every person in this room this morning is to openly share the good news to the entire human race. Do you believe that this morning? God has called every person in this room to share the gospel. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? Mark stole the cookie from the cookie jar. <laughs> you, friends. I'm talking to you. It is your job. It's not the person sitting next to you or the person behind you. It is your job. Yes, you. I'm talking to you this morning. The next question is why, Pastor Mark? Why share the gospel? Why is it so important? Well, if you're a born-again believer here this morning, and I, I feel confident that probably the vast majority of you are, then you know what it feels like to have your life transformed by the love of Jesus. You know what it feels like to have your past wiped away, your sins forgiven, your whole life becomes brand new. You know how transformative an encounter with Jesus is. Am I right this morning? If not, you didn't meet the same Jesus that I met, because when Jesus came in my heart, baby, it, it flipped my life upside down. It changed everything. Everything. And how selfish is it that you would rob people all around you from experiencing that same love, that same life-changing grace and forgiveness that radically changed and transformed your life? Why wouldn't you want to share that with anybody and everybody that you could? That's why you owe it to the world around you to share this gospel. I thought you'd be a little more excited about that point. Maybe. There we go. Where? Where? Where are we supposed to do this, Pastor Mark? You're one of the only dudes on stage every Sunday morning. That's a preacher's job. So where exactly am I supposed to do this? Mark 16 says, as you go, as you go, as you go to work, as you go to the store, as you go to the gym, as you go to little league games, as you go to practice, as you go to, as you, wherever you go, that's where. Wherever God's placed you, whatever doors he opens in your life, that is where you're supposed to share the gospel. That's where. And to who, Pastor Mark? Who, who exactly is it that I'm supposed to be sharing this good news with? To anybody that will listen. I mean, it's not rocket science. Anybody that God opens a door in their, in, in, in their life for you to kind of squeeze in there and share, anybody who's hurting, anybody who's discouraged, anybody who's, who's, who's suffering grief and love, anybody that will listen, the goal, the objective is to take this good news to the entire human race. That's the goal, guys. What if the church approached life like that? How amazing would that be? Let me ask you this question. What if? You invited somebody to church. What if? Oh, Pastor Mark. Oof, that's scary. 
What if they say no? I don't know if I can handle that kind of rejection in my life right now. I'm a little sensitive. What if I invite them and they don't come? I mean, what if, what if, what if we let these scenarios play out in our lives? Can I just ask you this? What is the worst thing that's going to happen by you sharing your faith and inviting somebody to church? They say no. I mean, that is literally the, the absolute worst. But let me tell you what that did. Even if they say no, it planted a seed. It opened a door. They might not need you this week or next week or next month or next year, but at some time in their life when something happens and they need someone and they need somebody, you have planted a seed and you've opened that door. And maybe, just maybe, what if they remember that person invited me to church, that person has something that maybe I need. What if that happens? What if you invite somebody to church and they come? Did you... What if that? I mean, what's, we always ask, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, what's the best thing that could happen? What if they come? Did you know, statistically speaking, that if you invite a friend or family member to church, 80% of those people are going to say yes. I'll take them odds all day, baby, 80%. What if they come? What if they like it? I mean, there's a lot to like here. Am I right? Come on, this preacher is on fire. Again, I thought the response might be a little better, but that's fine. What if they like it? What if they stay? What if they say yes to Jesus? What if God transforms their life? What if he does miracles in their life? What if he does a miracle in their marriage? What if he does a miracle in their family? What if God totally alters the the course of their future and the direction their life was going? What if God changes everything in their... What if that happens? What if, guys? Uh, I was 18 years old when I became a youth pastor, and that's crazy because that's a kid. Like, I see some of these 18-year-olds thinking there is no way, and you know where that I would let my kid go with some of these 18-year-olds. But I showed up to church one Wednesday night, and the preacher said, uh, hey, the youth pastor quit today, so you're up. Like, oh, so that's how much training I had in ministry, and some of you are like, that makes a lot of sense. It's all come full circle this morning. So uh, I knew I loved Jesus so much. He had changed my life when I was 16. I had just met the love of Jesus in a life-changing way. I knew I loved Jesus. I knew I loved young people, and I knew that I wanted to make a difference in the world. I wanted to reach everybody. I never preached a sermon, didn't know how to study the Bible. I knew how to have a good time, okay? Having a good time never been a problem for me. So I figured everybody else likes having a good time too. So I started these events called Markapaloozas. And we just started having parties. They were wild. They were crazy. Kids, I mean, pool parties that were just like off of a movie. Kids running and jumping off of buildings into the pools. Uh, I built a flamethrower one night. The game was like, how large can the flame get? And kids can still jump over it. I mean, just it was wild. Some of you parents are like, holy cow. Did you know that all those years, I never had one single parent complaint I mean, don't tell me God doesn't do miracles, guys. (laughs) The only complaint I ever had during those early years was I took all, I rented out the movie theater when The Passion of the Christ came out. And a parent was furious that I took their kid to watch The Passion of the Christ because it was rated R. Like, oh, ma'am, if you're mad about that movie, then there's a whole lot you don't know about. Okay, there's a lot more reasons to be upset, but... uh, 
kids started coming and, and kids started getting saved and it was just a beautiful time in my life. I, was, I had just graduated high school and I was working for this uh, government program called AmeriCorps and I, I headed up this summer rec program. My job was just to hang out with teenagers and have a good time. I did that for six or seven hours a day. I mean, it was just a perfect fit. And uh, so th this program had been going for a couple months and this, this young man named Chris showed up to the AmeriCorps program uh, one morning. And uh, I, I go to introduce myself. Hey, man, you know, great to have you this morning. My name's Mark. And he says, well, my name's Chris, but I don't want you to call me that. I got two names that I go by. I say, okay, uh, you can either call me Piranha or you can call me Pyro. I said, okay, do tell. I need to, he goes, well, you can call me Piranha because uh, when I get mad, I like to bite. And when I get super, super mad, I bite until you bleed. Like, okay. And call me Pyro because I like to burn things. I say, okay. Piranha, pyro, weirdo, I don't, I'm not sure what to call you, but I hung out with him that day, and uh, different is, is an understatement, but as the day ended, I said, hey, man, I'm a youth pastor, and, and I would love to, why don't you come to church with me tonight? I mean, I, I, was, I just, I invited people to church, that's what I did. He said, I'll come if you, if you come get me, come to my house and get me. So that I, I did. Every Wednesday and every Sunday, I went to Chris's house and I, I picked him up for church. And uh, I found out he came from a very broken, dysfunctional home, uh, extreme, extreme poverty, uh, just peculiar is the, the nicest way I can say it. All of our conversations consisted of, uh, he would bring books and they were all about all the different kinds of dragons and where these different kinds of dragons lived and some were water dragons and some were fire breathing dragons and there was always some kind of crazy girl drama. I'll never forget one night at one of the Markapalooza pool parties. Uh, Chris brought a girlfriend that night and uh, before, when I realized what was happening and before I could get to the shallow end of the pool, I mean, Chris is, is, him and his girlfriend, I mean, they're round in third base. Like, they're well on their way to making babies in the pool. <laughs> and I, hey, Chris, man, like, we, we kind of have a policy, you know, no, no making babies in the pool kind of deal. And <laughs> just crazy. Good times. <laughs> 20 years ago, there was this play that, that churches would put on called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And uh, any, anybody remember Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames? Sometimes they call them Final Destination. Yeah. Uh, they would act out scenes on stage of a car wreck or a, a plane crashing, or, and, and you would die and you'd be standing at the judgment seat. And either Jesus would come out and the lights would go bright and, yay, you're going to heaven, or the lights would go dark and flames would come on stage and the devil, I mean, the devil's dragging people to hell and they're screaming. I mean, uh, I had been saved like 20 times by that point in my life, but it's like, God, am I really saved? I mean, it's one of those kind of services. And at the end of the service, they're, they're giving the altar call. I'm sitting right next to Chris. He is visibly shaking. I mean, visibly, he is, this, this young man's terrified. And I, I leaned over and I said, Chris, are you all right, man? He goes, I'm so scared, Pastor Mark. <laughs> I said, well, hey, man, do you, are you ready to give your heart to Jesus? Do you, do you want me to go with you down to the altar? He said, yeah, let's go to the altar. Well, he's sitting right by the aisle, and I'm sitting right next to him, and I stand up, and, and we're going to walk to the altar. And as soon as Chris gets out from behind his seat into the, into the aisle, he freaking runs. I mean, he sprints to the altar. I mean, this guy was serious about giving his heart to Jesus. I'll never forget that night. I, I walked down, and I put my arm around him, and with tears just running down his little face. I led him in the sinner's prayer, and Chris gave his heart to Jesus that night, guys. I mean, it was just a beautiful, a beautiful moment 
a, a time I'll never forget. Romans 10 is a very important verse for us this morning, church. And I think it asks some incredible questions that we need to ask ourselves. Starting in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can we agree this morning? That is some phenomenal news. I mean, that is the hope of the gospel. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes, I mean, that is, that is what gets me out of bed in the morning. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? That's a valid question. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? Also, a very important question, but this is probably the most important question for each and every one of you this morning, King's House. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How, how are they going to hear about him unless everyone who calls on him, you can be saved. I'm so thankful for that today. But how can you call on him if you've never heard about him? And how can you hear about him unless someone tells you about him? I will never forget before I moved to McAllister, I was a, a chaplain for a hospice for four years. And I learned more about life and ministry working outside of the church those four years than I had all the years of doing church ministry before then. I went to a woman's house and this, this individual lived just three or four miles from me. I mean, just literally right down the road from me. And she was nearing the end of her life. She was declining in her disease process. And it was time to have that conversation with her. And I, I sat there by her one day and I said, ma'am, do you know that you have Jesus living in your heart? I mean, do you know that you're born again? Do, do, you, do you know, I mean, time is getting short for you. And, and are you prepared to stand before the Lord? Do you know, do you know? She said, well, I, I, I guess I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. And I said, oh, well, I mean, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Have you made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of, of your life? She asked me this question. She said, I don't, I don't guess I'm familiar with Jesus. I said, oh, so yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, G Jesus, the, the, the Son of God, he, he, he left heaven. He came to earth. He died on the cross. She looks at me with this blank stare. She goes, I, I've never heard this story before. You, you live three miles from me, ma'am. Yeah. There, there is 77 churches in Seminole, and there's a town of 6,000 people like this is the Bible belts of them. Of what do you mean you've never heard this story about Jesus? And the story's really good news. Uh, I said, oh, well, God made man and the earth was perfect, and, but they sinned. And because they sinned, we've been separated from God. But Jesus loved us enough to, to pay for that sin. And he died on a cross and he left heaven. I mean, I'm just telling her the gospel story. She's just... I mean, blown away at this. And by the end of it, I said, man, would you, would you like me to introduce you to this man named Jesus? Would you, would you like to make him the Lord of your life? She said, absolutely. I mean, this is incredible. Right there in her living room, I, I led her to the Lord. She accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Two or three days go by, and I get a phone call from him. Pastor Mark, will you come back to the house? Yeah. I go back to the house, and her daughter answers the door this time. And daughter says, Pastor Mark. The other day you did something for my mom and now Jesus lives in her heart and when she dies, she gets to go to heaven. I said, yeah. She goes, I want that too. Can you do that for me too? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't, but I know somebody who can. How is it possible that somebody that lived three miles from me, who was not a young person, had never heard the gospel story? Ne 
never heard it. In Seminole, Oklahoma, I mean, this is the epicenter of churches and Christendom. And how? I'll tell you how this morning, church. I'm 38 years old. I have had the incredible privilege of traveling the world. I've been on five continents. I have met tens and tens of thousands of people, all different races and color and background. And in 38 years, do you know that not one single human being has ever told me about Jesus? 38 years. Not one human being has ever invited me to church. Not one. Not once. Will they know you're a preacher? No, they don't. I don't know half of this town. They, they don't know who I am. I'm, places I've gone all around the world, they don't know me. They don't know. They don't know. What if I wasn't born in a Christian home? What if my parents didn't drag me to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night and every prayer meeting and every... What if... What in the world would my life look like today? How would I have ever met this man named Jesus? No one's told me. What would my family look like today? What would my marriage look like today? What would my children look like today? No one has ever told me the gospel in 38 years. That's how it happens. Friends, we, we get so comfortable in our little Christian bubble and we go to church and we check it off our list and we feel good. And I don't have to come back to church for two or three weeks. Like I went this month, like I'm a great Christian. I mean, we get so lost in our little bubbles that we forget that we are surrounded by people who don't know Jesus. What if no one ever told me? What if I wasn't raised in church? These are questions we need to be asking ourselves in a very serious way this morning. A few years after Chris gave his heart to the Lord, uh, he, he and his mom moved away to a different town. But I, I stayed in contact with them and would check in on them periodically. And one Sunday morning, I walked off stage after leading worship and I walked out to the foyer of the church and there was a man standing there, I didn't know him. He said, hey, are you Mark? Said, yeah. He said, oh man, I need, to, I need to tell you something. Uh, Chris's mom sent me here this morning because the other day Chris was driving and he was texting and he drove off the road and he, he hit a tree and uh, he's been on life support for two or three days. And uh, this afternoon, they're gonna, they're gonna take him off life support and his mom just wanted you to know and just to be in prayer. And the next day, she calls me and says, you know, 10 or 15 minutes after they took Chris off of life support, he passed away, 16 years old. And Pastor Mark, I mean, you were his pastor, and I don't want anybody else to do his funeral, but you, will you do, will you be willing to do that? I'd never done a funeral. Eric and I weren't even married. We were just dating. I'm just a kid. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, sure. I, I, I knew, like, I don't want the funeral to be the first place that I see Chris, because that's going to, I'm devastated, you know. I, so me and Erica load up the, the day before the funeral, the evening before and, uh, babe, we got to, let's, let's go to the funeral home. Let's see Chris. Let's try to get prepared so I don't just, I'm not a blubbering mess during the funeral tomorrow. And we walked into the funeral home, and I went to sign the book. And I opened up the little book. And I was just absolutely crushed in that moment because I was the 
only person that had been to the funeral home to see him. I was the only name written on that list. Not one other human being, 16 year old boy, not one other human being had been there. And I remember just standing over the casket that day. I mean, I was, whew, I was a mess. And I just stood there with the casket. Even in the casket that day, his clothes are dirty, he looks awful. And I just, I, I couldn't relate, I understand, comprehend what it's like to grow up in a life that's that broken, a family that's that broken. How, how do you get through the world when you have so few people that care whether you're alive or dead? How does that, I, mean, I, I just, I stood there and wept. It just, it crushed me. I, I can't imagine the hardship that he went through every day of his life. You do know that life sucks sometimes, right? Can I say that bluntly? And there are hurting people by the thousands right here. Like we're not talking some distant foreign country. We gotta make a mission trip. You walk out the door and there's a reason that there's banners on the door that say, welcome to your mission field. Cause there are hundreds and thousands of people that have no one whose lives have been one devastating story after another devastating story, after abuse, after neglect. I mean, our society is full of them. You realize that, right? And I just stood there and wept, like how could so few people care about, he was a human and, and he had a purpose and he had a, no one could even sign the book. I just wept that day and then I remembered the night that he gave his heart to Jesus. And those tears of sorrow turned to tears of joy. I was so thankful that I stood at the altar that night. I was so thankful that Chris gave his heart to Jesus. His life was just a sad story of pain and abuse and neglect. I was so thankful in that moment that Jesus loves us enough that he gave his life on the cross. And, and no matter how difficult, I wish that I could just say like, hey, you give your heart to Jesus, you pay your tithes and poof, everything is great and life's just gonna be wonderful and beautiful. And that's not true and I'm never gonna say that because life is really hard and sometimes it just sucks. And people with a free will make horrible decisions and you're victimized by them and, and your, your life is affected by them. And I mean, that's just the reality. But the next life, friends, no matter how difficult or hard or horrible this life is, the next life, I, I cried that day at the cast because as difficult as this life had been for Chris, the next life was gonna be pain-free, rejection-free, tear-free, hurt-free. I mean, I was so happy. I was so happy that day. And then I was literally gripped with a weight and a reality. I can't describe it to you. I mean, it felt like the weight of the world smashed me standing at the casket that day. I just, I can't describe it to you. It shook me. It still shakes me to this day because this overwhelming question, Mark, what if? What if you hadn't invited him to church? What if you didn't pick him up every Sunday and every Wednesday and listen to all those ridiculous stories and the horrific smells? What if you didn't do that? What if you gave up on him when he's making babies in the swimming pool? Other people would have, but what if you didn't? What, what, what if? You have to embrace this reality that it is not easy, it's not comfortable, and it's not convenient, and yes, it's going to cost you something. It is going to cost you something, but what if? What if? 
What if you don't share your faith? What if, what if you don't? What if you are the only Jesus that those people might ever have the opportunity of meeting? What if God put you in their life on purpose? I mean, what if you're at that job that you're miserable in and you don't get paid enough and your boss is such a jerk and you've applied 20 other places and no one, what if you're there on purpose? What if you miss your opportunity? The truth is, is that not one single person sitting in this room today is guaranteed tomorrow. If I know anything about life is that it is fragile. Our life is a vapor. We're all one accident away. What if you miss your opportunity? How many Chris's are out here that are waiting on you this morning? What if you decide I'm gonna be the answer to somebody? What if you say, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to invite somebody. to. What if God uses you to be standing on a stage like this 20 years from now, and you have stories just like I have stories this morning. That can be each and every one of you. What if you decide to do that? I know what can happen if you don't share your faith, but what I don't know is what happens if you do share your faith. Only God knows that. Listen, I've seen the worst that church has to offer over the last 38 years of my life. I've seen all the legalism and all the religion and all the death and all the backbiting, gossiping, ugliness that you could ever imagine. I have battled depression and all sorts. I've seen all the worst that church has to offer. Also, I've seen the best that church has to offer these past three years. I look around this room and I see dozens of people that have given their hearts to Jesus just in the last three years. It's, it's what if Mark had decided to quit? What if, what if Mark had said, man, it's not worth it. All the nonsense that goes on in church and all that you have. What if it, can I tell you today, friends, all the struggle, all the hurt, all the pain, all the nonsense, all the cost, all the uncomfortability, the inconvenience, the, all the cost. Looking around this room today at your faces and what God's done in your life, it is so freaking worth it, man. I wouldn't trade it for the entire world. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Everybody this morning got a dart, hopefully. And if you didn't, we'll make sure you get one. Mr. Josh, help me out here, bro. Here's what we're going to do for the next 11 months. Today we're launching our Each One Reach One campaign. And your job is, King's House, I am going to reach one person. One. That's it. I mean, that's, that's not a lot. I'm going to reach one person person. Every person in this room knows somebody who needs Jesus. And in just a few minutes, we're going to take a few minutes. It's going to be a little different today. And oh, Mark, you're going to make me come to the front. I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. It's good for you. You need to. You need something you need to get a comfort zone. You're, you'll thank me later. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop and pray. It's red. Are you with me? Stop sign. Yeah. We're going to stop and pray. In a few minutes, a worship song is going to play, and you're going to stop and pray. And I believe that as you do, the Holy Spirit's going to lay somebody on your heart. On your dart this morning, on one side of your little tag, you're going to write your name. On the other side of your little tag, you're going to write the initials 
of who I'm gonna be praying for this year because I'm reaching one person, man, right? After you feel like the Lord's laid that person on your heart, you're gonna come up, you're gonna take your little dart, it's a magnet, you're gonna boop, right there in the red. I am stopping, I'm praying, God, this is who I'm gonna be believing for. Every Sunday for the rest of 2022, this sign is gonna be sitting by the doors as you walk out of church. You're gonna get so sick of seeing it, okay? But when God shows you that person, then you gotta start asking yourself, how can I proceed with caution? How, how can I carefully, I gotta invite this person to lunch. I gotta have them over at a house to play football. I mean, how do you start laying the groundwork? And when you've started making some intentional steps, this is the person I'm gonna reach and this is how I'm gonna reach them. Whatever Sunday morning that is, you're gonna find your dart and you're gonna put it right here in the yellow. Because I'm, I'm proceeding. And whenever that day comes, and it might be in a few weeks, and it might be in a few months, or whenever that day is, Mark, I have shared my faith. I have invited that person to church. They came this Sunday. God did something beautiful in their lives. You're going to take your dart. You're going to cross this little finish line like, I did it. I, I reached. I reached one person. I reached one person. Okay? The goal is, is to have about 500 darts here in the green before 2022 is over. Okay, so if you didn't get a dart this morning, we got the ushers ready. Just slip your hand up here in a second and just say, hey, I need, I need one of them darts. Okay. We're going to play a worship song. We're going to pray. And as you leave today, yes, I know the front of the room is so scary and there's cooties and all sorts of other bugs. And I'm just going to ask you to bring your dart and put it right here in the red today we're going to stop and pray. You're going to pray for this person. You're going to reach out to this person. Look at me, King's House. I don't know how many adults are in this room this morning. 300, 350, 400. Can you imagine how different this church is going to look when each person just reaches one person? And bigger than that, can you imagine how different this city is going to look by the end of 2022 with four, five, six hundred people that have been intentionally reached out to, shared the gospel to, and given Jesus an opportunity to do something so beautiful in their lives, guys. I don't care if you've been saved for one day, one week, or 50 years, you have a story to tell. You have something to give. If your only story is, hey, I don't know how he did it or why he did it, but I know that Jesus changed my life and I want him to change yours too. That's all the story you need. Amen. Would you pray with me, King's House? God, I love you so much. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for your life, Jesus. That because of you, we can have this incredible hope, this incredible future. And Father, how selfish would it be of us to take the best news that the world has ever heard and keep it secret. So Father, as we pray, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would lay those people on our hearts, that one person, that you're gonna ask, reach out to, pray for, believe for, step out and invite. So Holy Spirit, just give us ears to hear and help us to have the boldness when you open those doors and opportunities to step out of our comfort zone and be your hands and be your feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, a worship song's gonna play. You guys take two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Whenever you're ready, come put your dart here in the red. 
You guys have an amazing day. If you're signing up for the one year, t- I mean the 90 day tithing challenge, drop that challenge in the bucket on your way out the door. God bless you, King's House. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and you want to visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church forward slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you real soon.